0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pits of Motorcast. This is Dave. I got a special guest from the Bruce City Gassers, Tim Smooth. How are you doing, Tim? Good. How are you? I'm good. So, next weekend's the big event, Tim, number three, huh? Uh, out of sight, sight drags, number three. Yes, sir. The third edition, as we have on the flyer. So I want to talk about it a little bit?
1: Yeah, it's So it's uh, June uh, 25th and 26th, like you said, that's next weekend. Uh, Gates open at 9 o'clock in the morning. It's at Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, which, by the way, is the oldest continuously operating drag strip in America, which is kind of cool, especially when you have this kind of event that is put together at that place because it's a historic track and a lot of historic cars that are going to be showing up. the cars, speaking of which, there's going to be a lot of gassers there. Uh, there's going to be some rails, uh, super stock clad cars. And like they did last year, we're going to have some uh, nitro methane cackle cars there. Burning burning everyone's eyes and throwing off some flames, which is always a crowd favorite at night. So, yeah, those will be out there. It's pretty pretty sweet event. There's like, I want to say last count that I had heard is, like 250 cars coming from basically all corners of the United States,
0: so it should be a really, really awesome event. Now the cackling starts around nine ish.
1: Um, I think they're going to do it. Yeah, they normally do it at the in the evening so that you can actually see the flames and that kind of stuff. Uh, last year they had they had it set up in the short staging pits or uh, short staging lane. And I mean, it was it, you know, of course, it's awesome no matter where it's at. But I think this year they're actually going to pull them up either on the return line or uh, or on the track itself, so that everybody can see them. Because it was you know, with as many people as show up, uh, it's one of those things where if you can get them where people can see them from the stands and standing on the ground, it'll you know a lot more people can enjoy that uh, event. But, yeah, it's normally at night. They run them a, a couple of times a day. Um, from my understanding, just those guys running them and revving them and, you know, blasting some flames out, they have to tear the things apart. And it's it's kind of an expensive uh, ordeal just running those cars. So that's why they don't actually run the track um, just because there's a lot of expense in it. But it's really cool to see. And, and if you know, people haven't seen it, you don't want to miss it, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure the wife and I will make it this year.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's awesome. I mean, and that's the cool part about it is it's it's such a brand a uh, family friendly um, event where you know you can have anywhere from toddlers all the way up to you know people in their 80s and 90s that come, and everybody has fun. Uh, There's you know we we took our our club, the Brew City Gassers, we. Uh, Have even had, you know, some kids that were so interested in the cars and that, and we've actually given them rides around in the pits and, you know, stuff like that. Let them get in the cars and take pictures. You know, again, very, very uh, family-oriented, and and the guys in the club are just awesome people. Really awesome people.
0: Now, do you ever get adults that want to ride around the car with you guys?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, last year... Uh, believe it or not, I had, uh, I took a lady for a spin who was from Japan wow. and she, yeah, she had never been to an event like that. I, my memory is not great on it. I don't remember if she was here uh, visiting with her son-in-law and daughter, I believe it was, uh, but you know, she'd never seen drag racing like we put on and, you know, never, never really have seen the cars that, that were there. And she, it started off. She just wanted to get a a picture standing next to the car, and I'm like, "Why stand next? Jump in it and get a picture." And I'm like, "You know what? Let's go for a ride." So we took her, you know, took her for a ride. She just had a great time. So it was was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I think my wife would want to jump in some of those cars and ride around with you guys, man.
1: Oh yeah, they they would totally be be good with it, and that's the that's the cool part is uh, again like i said the guys are awesome my my son like i said he's 13 i've been taking him out to the track you know since he was like 10 or 11 and he's gotten kind of tight with uh some of the guys there which you know initially i was thinking you know who's gonna want to hang out with some you know snotty nose little kid but man everybody has just taken him under their arm and and you know i've done a lot of real neat stuff for him and uh John Ryblock, I don't know if you've seen his Corvette. He's got yeah. a black uh blown Corvette. Yep. So he actually because he he uh took a shine to David and David loved his car with the blower on it. He actually threw a, a passenger seat in it and David got to take a spin down the track. So like I said, these guys are go out of their way to help people and make people feel welcome and, and whatever.
0: Yeah, you guys always put on a great show, man. Yeah, we definitely try. It's, I mean, it's
1: you know, it's not like there's anybody in the club that's got tons and tons of money. It's a lot of lot of sweat equity, a lot of uh, long hours at work, and scraping pennies or whatever. But man, it is all worth it once that day comes along and you get to you know see all the fans. I got to be honest too, it makes you feel pretty good yourself having you know having fans and having people clap for you and people wanting to take pictures of your car. You know, so there's, you know, you, you definitely get that part out of it, too. It's not just us putting on a show. You, you get a lot out of it from the people as well. And it's, and this year is pretty cool, too, because as, as in the past, there's a, um, they're going to have a swap meet again and a car show. And the swap meet is uh, $10 to get in to, to get your booth. And then you just, you know, sell until you have nothing left. Uh, the car show, that is $15 to enter, um, and that also includes, from my understanding, some vintage uh, vintage trophies, which is, is really cool because, you know, a lot of times you go to, you know, car shows around here and you'll get, you know, the run-of-the-mill trophy that someone just ran down to the local trophy shop and had made, but from my understanding, these are pretty sweet. They're like old, you know, vintage 60s trophies, so I think people that win those will really get a kick out of it.
0: Yeah, that is pretty neat.
1: Yeah, and the other part, too, is I I know you've been to the track quite a bit, um, and as as am I, and and some of the events can be kind of pricey as far as getting in, you know, the entrance and everything, uh, just from the spectator standpoint, but this one, again, because of the fact that it's so family friendly and family oriented, uh, the guys that are, uh, you know, the president, vice president uh, of the club, they've kind of set the prices so that you know it's not going to kill you to go to the track and have a good day or have a good time. Uh, adults, it's twenty dollars for an adult to get in. Uh, kids from ten to fifteen is ten dollars, and then kids from nine and under are are completely free. You know, so it's not even you know, wildly priced. So you can have a you know, whole family can go there and right. eat and have a good day, good time and it's not gonna break the bank.
0: Now to park in the pits, they still have to pay an extra twenty dollars to go in the pit? Uh yeah, I believe I believe that's still
1: the same. But the, the the issue is with that is there's gonna be so many cars this year. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much room is gonna be in the pits for everybody, you know, for people that wanna park. I mean, there, there, of course, will be room, but there's going to be a lot of cars. And what they, the, the other thing is there's no, no big egos involved in it either. Um, again, you've got John and then uh, Mark Davis and then Br- uh, Brad. They, they all are the guys that run the place or uh, run the event. And because they're so into racing and, and into passing it on to everybody else, um, and making sure that everybody has fun, they actually make us, as the club who puts the thing on, we actually park back in the grass and leave the big main paved pits for all the guests, for all the people that come out of state and all that kind of stuff, so that those people actually feel as appreciated as we appreciate them. I mean, it, it, it's so awesome to have you know cars from all over the United States come there so you want to, you know, give them, give them a little credit and make them feel appreciated, so they get all the prime parking and everybody gets to see their cars when they first go through the pits, and it's pretty cool, definitely cool.
0: Yeah, I know Randy Winkle's coming out from California again.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's gonna, there, like I said, there's gonna be cars from all over. Um, I believe there's gonna be cars from New York again that are coming. You know, Florida, Texas, you're talking to California. I mean, there's, you know, I don't I don't take the registrations, of course. Um, you know, that's far above my pay grade. I just go there and look pretty. Uh, but, yeah, there's there's uh, cars from all over
0: the place going to be here this year. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, my wife always likes taking pictures of you guys because she likes catching the Papa Wheelies on a, a green light. Yeah. Yeah, well,
1: that's the big one on the wheelies is, that, is Mike Molina with that green, that green tri-five Chevy. That he is absolutely insane. He puts the thing up on the bumper. And last time we were there a few weeks ago, he had that thing so far up that the all four tires were off the ground, and that, and that was just for for fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy still runs, you know anywhere from depending on you know his launch he runs anywhere from a you know low 12 to high 10 even with putting the front end to the moon basically
0: yeah yeah it's pretty wild
1: yeah there's it's good definitely a good time i mean i my wife is not really all that you know hardcore into cars but you know she came out last year and even she had fun and enjoyed watching the races and in the different cars and all that kind of stuff, so yeah, sure you, definitely for everyone.
0: Then I'm sure you guys are bringing new merchandise for this year's uh, number three. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. they'll. Yeah, they still have, you know, have shirts. I believe that they were working on a fresh design for this year. I don't know how far along that got because you know it's been extremely, uh, extremely busy. You know, you know the the cool part is being able to have the race last year you know when you had the the pandemic going on and then you know now people are going back to work and and things are going crazy that way so being able to come up with new stuff and it really it really shows how much the these people are involved i mean the wives that are involved in the club they just totally kick butt and, and uh you know make things bigger and better every year and like i said they're working on a a new design, so, it should be pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, I saw the old shirts in the, Gray Lake store.
1: Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, you can go there whenever you want and grab one, it's kind of cool.
0: Yep. So yeah, so this, this, not this weekend, but the next weekend after, everybody come out there. Yep, pretty much a week from, a week from today.
1: And you know, there's going to be people that come in a little bit early, you know, the guys might be showing up on Wednesday or, you know, whatever, Wednesday, Thursday, and, you know, getting,
0: getting oh, yeah, everything set up. But there's you,
1: been a ton, a ton of work, you know, behind the scenes that's been done, but even last, uh, last weekend, we did uh, a bunch of the people from the club. We donate our time and go to the track and uh, repaint everything. You know, repaint the, all the blue and the white stripes and the yellow and the red that are at, you know, at the starting line. Right. Just to, you know, just boost the thing up, first of all. And, Let's be honest, you know, Randy running the track, he you know, he he gives us uh the, the ability to put on such an awesome show. So the least thing you know, at least we can go out and try to spruce things up and make it look nice. So it's it's looking good now.
0: Yeah, so the, the I know you guys do a test into what day's testing testing to Thursday? Uh
1: yeah, I believe it's I believe that'll be Thursday, yep. So, and I think there'll still be a little time to do that on Friday as well, but I believe test and tune is normally uh,
0: Thursday. So I'm now I'm hoping to
1: make it to that.
0: <laughs> so let, let me uh, get, some, get you to answer some questions about yourself. So h- okay. h- how did you get into drag racing? Well,
1: I've always been into cars ever since I was a kid. Um, I actually came home from the hospital in a '56 Thunderbird, and uh, my dad, um, who has passed on now, he he was always into cars. Always, you know, he taught me every basically everything I needed to, needed to know on, you know, building cars, rebuilding engines, all that kind of stuff. And that's how I kind of I kind of got in initially. Was uh, a good friend of mine did circle track racing, but and it was a again vintage cars. And that's how I got into racing in general. And then, you know, he had some health issues, and then everybody kind of disbanded. And then I kind of had that, that opening or that, you know, empty spot or whatever. And uh, I found out through a guy at work about this this club and, you know, showed up to the first event. Um, I sold that, that very same Thunderbird that I came home from the hospital in. Uh, I actually sold that to uh, find... The uh, current project. So, but yeah, that's I got in through a couple guys, at, a guy at work, and then you know got to know everybody there. And as they say, it's all been history since then.
0: So, what year did you start drag racing? Uh,
1: <laughs> are, we talk, are we talking on a track or uh, yeah. or, or yeah. on a street? Uh, I mean, I I have raced since you know drag racing. I've done you know pretty much since you know, like high school, you know, unofficially. And then um, I bought a, when I got out of high school, I bought a 68 Cougar and raced that a little bit. Nothing phenomenal because it was, you know, a pretty stock car at that time. Um, but, it, yeah, it's it's been, well, it's probably 30 years, something like that.
0: So after all the years of uh, racing now, Tim, what still keeps you passionate about it?
1: It, well, you know, it's it's one of those things, you know, there's a lot of, you know, you get into a lot of sports. You know, I used to play football and, and stuff like that, and, you know, you, you do a sport like that, and yes, you can have a good game and that kind of thing, but it still requires an entire team, you know, to make sure that, you know, you win the game or whatever, and I, I'm not trying to say that racing is not a team sport, because there's a lot of people that help each other out. And, You know, like I'm sitting here right now, my son's cleaning nuts and bolts and putting the valve covers on the car or on the engine. Um, But it's one of those things where it's really up to you to get that car down the track, to leave on time, which I'm not very good at. And, uh, you know, you're kind of, yes, you compete against the guys that are with you, but it's more fun than anything. But more of it is competing against yourself and always, you know, testing yourself testing what you're doing to the car so it's kind of like you know uh i make a couple of changes and see how the car runs am i getting better am I getting worse. it's just i don't, I don't know it's, it's kind of a every time you go out there it's different and i think that's what makes it fun because it's not always the exact same thing like to me um me personally bracket racing would be boring you know dialing in and and trying to run the exact same time yeah, while it might be exciting to, to try to get your times right, overall it just would be kind of boring because you're only supposed to run so fast or so quick or whatever. So this kind of racing is just is more fun to me. And it's it's that the, the, just the unknown and what can I do next time to make it better, like a personal challenge or whatever.
0: Now you said you got into the Bruce V. Gathers through someone at work?
1: Yeah. Dave Hiring.
0: Mm, wow.
1: Yeah, he's he's had a couple of different cars. He's got a, I believe it is a 60 Chevy. It's uh, kind of like a, a salmon pink color. Um, also blown, Dyer's blower sticking through the hood. Uh, and then he had a, a 426 Dodge. And this year he actually is building uh, a Ford Coupe. Um and it'll be his first his first uh race with that car. He's got it together. He's done some testing to him to try to work out some bugs. But yeah, he's the guy who got me into it and we talked about cars all the time and uh, you know, he started talked about racing and uh he's like, Yeah, hey, you gotta come out. You guys are real cool and fun to hang out with and whatever.
0: Yeah, it's real neat watching you guys all come back down a return road together. Yeah, it's super fun
1: because it's, you know, again, it's one of those things that I know the fans get a kick out of seeing the cars. And let's, let's face it, we're not, I shouldn't say not all of us, but a lot of us are not super fast. I mean, you can go, you can go on any weekend and find some, you know, G-body that, you know, Chevy that's going to fly down the track and do, you know, nine seconds or whatever and there's guys in the club that are fast like that eight nine seconds but overall i don't think the average speed is, and time is real real quick but our cars are totally different than almost anything else that run i mean you're going to see cars that run with us that you probably won't ever see on any other day that you go to the track so i think the fans get a kick out of that and like i said for us we get a kick out of the fact that we have fans. I mean, how many how many times can you say that you have a fan, you know? I mean, it just doesn't really happen in normal life. Right. So, yeah, going down the pit road is the best.
0: Now, going back to the out of, out of sidetracks, I almost forgot forgot to mention something. You guys have the legendary wheel stander Richard Hutchins coming out. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah, he was,
1: he was out uh, a couple weeks ago. He was up here. Um, and doing some, you know, it was for, uh, I was a Memorial day and he was doing, uh, he did a couple of runs and I, from my understanding, he actually just stayed up there and he's just staying there and is going to run. I believe he is what? 80, 85 or something like that. 85 years old. And he's still doing, you know, he ran a, he ran a full quarter on the back tires the last time we were there. I mean, it's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, 50-50, you're doing this.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's insane. Absolutely insane. And, you know, again, there's, there's guys, um, you know, like Brad knows, a lot more about the, the actual names of some of the other guys that are coming because he's kind of set that up, and, and John and Mark. Um, so they're, they would have more of that kind of information, but there's, there's definitely going to be some really um, – you know, historic cars—they're like legit historic cars. You know, like my car is just a, a fake clone of what a car would look like back then. But there's actually going to be cars that were there when that when drag racing was in its infancy, and you know they're still running, and they're going to be out at the track uh, running again for everybody to see. So there's going to be some really awesome cars out there.
0: So. so... So when, when is the first round of the, for the guessers you
1: know what it a lot of I wish I could give you a time a lot of that uh it goes by you know it can all be affected by weather and you know how everything gets set up. I honestly could not tell you when our first run is
0: yeah or if you get like you get your lovely okay? love you get your lovely oil downs then you have to you know wait for a oh, while yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, stuff will happen like that. And that's the, that's the other, you know, you bring that up, that's another thing. So some of the guys uh, do a lot of traveling and go to other tracks and other events. And this is, you know, while this event is going to be pretty big this year, I mean, it's going to be bigger than it's ever been, um, it's still not too big. You know, some events grow real huge too quick, and then there's all the growing pains and, and you know, People don't get to run enough, and don't get to drive down the strip enough, and you know they come from you know hundreds of miles away, if not thousands of miles away, and don't get to do what they came to do. That's the nice thing about this setup: is while it is big, it's not too big, so everybody's going to get a fair share of running down the track and having a good time, and and it's it's just it's like a almost like a perfect size. So and with the i know some of the guys were saying you know with some of the oil downs you know some of those other events being so huge they're only you know they only have the opportunity to run two or three times and if you have an oil down that puts you back you know an hour or whatever you you may lose out on the opportunity to run where this thing being a couple of days and not having you know like too many cars everybody's still going to have the opportunity to to make several passes down the track
0: yeah now uh, for you are you going to be running at uh glory days at byron this year
1: um well see that's that is a plan so what I did is um my my car I put a, a trailer hitch on it last year kind of as a joke um because a lot of the guys, you know, they they, have, they bring their cars in on a trailer because they're super nice cars and they're a lot more high performance than mine is. My car, I drive it everywhere. Um, and uh, so I, it's more of a street car to me that I just kind of race on the weekends. And I, I put a trailer hitch on mine and actually built, uh, uh, cleaned up a pop-up. And I have actually towed the pop-up with my car. Well, because of the fact that some of these guys go to some of these, you know, like Byron, and they go go to the, uh, these, the drag races in the fall out of town, uh, up by Eau Claire and stuff like that, um, I decided to get a slide-in camper for my truck. So now I kind of plan on going, you know, a little bit farther away, um, you know, to be able to race. So that way I don't, you know, in case something were to break, I don't have to worry about, hauling a car and a camper back so yeah i plan on trying to do a little bit more racing in different places this year
0: all right so now tim what what do you enjoy most about being a drag racer
1: I, you know what it's the camaraderie it's the people it's not even driving the car as crazy as it sounds because don't get me wrong i absolutely love driving the car and going down the track and trying to get faster and trying to, uh, you know, beat the, the fossil brothers or, uh, uh, father, son team, sorry, not brothers. And that part is awesome, but it's just hanging out with everybody. That's the best. That's my favorite part about it. I gotta be honest. Drag racing is great, but the people are better. Um, you know, I've, I've worked for our first sheriff's department for, uh, almost 22 years. And you unfortunately I sometimes don't deal with the best uh I shouldn't say the best people. I don't I don't deal with people on their best days, let's put it that way. And sometimes that can make you get kind of jaded, uh, you know, after a certain amount of time and getting together with these people it it really brings me back and makes me realize that there are still a ton of awesome people in this world. And like I said, to me, I'm a huge people person, so that's why, to me, the people is my favorite part about drag racing
0: yeah. yeah, drag racing is just one big family yeah, it absolutely is it absolutely
1: is, and it's funny because you'll have guys that you know that are you know talking smack to each other, you know not not seriously, but talking crap to each other and then go race each other, but then if someone breaks they're the first person that's laying on the ground under the car helping out. And it, it, it's just that kind of camaraderie that's just awesome that you just don't see in a lot of, you know, different events or different sports or whatever. I mean, it's, it's just a really fun time.
0: Yep. And it just gets bigger and bigger to family because you just keep meeting more and more people.
1: Yep, absolutely. Yep. And it's, and it's weird, too, because you run into, you know, you run into people that, uh, like last last year, for instance, I was heading out to the track with my car, and the, this whole huge group of motorcycles pull in, uh, pull in the parking lot. And guy comes walking over. And he this big, huge, bearded dude comes walking over. He's like, "I know that car." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, you. My, I got pictures of my grandson sitting in your car because we had we had brought some of our cars up to the World of Wheels in Milwaukee." And, and he said he had pictures of his kids sitting in the car. So here's this guy that doesn't even live around here, and I run into him in town. So it's like, you know, again, it's that family that just continues to expand, you know, no matter what. Because you run into and meet so many people because they're so interested in seeing these old cars cruising down the road. You know you, you know, you look at, you know, you go to a car show. How many car shows have you been to where – You know, they have the typical don't touch my car unless you're naked or, you know, they have actual barricades or chains or something hanging around the cars so nobody gets near them, you know, because they don't want you to touch them. This is this club is totally opposite of that. Like I said, you want to get a picture with the car, take a picture with the car. You want to jump in the car, get in the car and get a picture. You want to go for a ride? Let's go. So it's, it's a totally different experience for people than a, like a normal car show that you would normally be used to
0: yeah that's awesome now is there anything that you hate about drag racing tim
1: that i hate about drag racing yeah oh that it costs money
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that's, that's the only downside is it's it's not it's not always cheap you know especially especially now you know we're you know, I've mentioned the pandemic. That's one of the other things that's been really rough. A lot of guys have had, you know, kind of a difficult time finding parts. Um, you know, you had factories that were shut down for, you know, certain amounts of times, and you know, the supply chain, the supply chains got kind of messed with, and just finding simple parts is, you know, sometimes can be somewhat of a challenge. But and of course, because the, uh, you know, the whole rule of supply and demand you know if you can't find it it's going to cost you when you do so it gets a little bit pricey but again it's a good time so I guess it's all worth it I mean you could be blowing your money at a horse horse track and or gambling or whatever I mean pick your vice this just happens to be one of them
0: so what's the quickest pass you made in that
1: car 13.6 uh,
0: now where was that the Grove.
1: Yeah, have to grow. And, and my like I said, my car is it's a car that I use um, you know, in the summertime, kind of on a daily basis. You know, it's got a full interior. Um, uh, I was even a, a, a moron and, and didn't even remember to pull the spare tire out of it the first few times I ran just to shed a couple of pounds. Um but yeah, it's a it's a, a full body, full everything car. Um and uh so it's not exactly what I would consider a race car or fast. So it's, that's one of the things that I'm doing right now is we're going through and trying to, you know, I put a new cam in the engine and did a couple other little things and hopefully, you know, get a little couple of, a couple of tenths or something. Who knows? We'll see.
0: Now, what is the year of making that car?
1: Uh, it's a 64 Ford Galaxy 500. So it's not exactly the, uh, Race car size. Either a lot of a lot of guys have cars that are, you know, twenty five hundred pounds or you know thirty five hundred pounds or whatever. and I, I call it the Great White Tortoise that she weighs in with me, and it has five thousand pounds. <laughs> so she's not a, a thin, nimble girl. Let's
0: put it that way. Yeah, I remember when I was growing up in Chicago. My one of my friends in the neighborhood's dad had one of those. Oh, cool. Yeah, it, it was nice though. It was like it's, they would take off real smooth come with you. You know, he'd sometimes my friend would get to drive it, it's drive real smooth.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know they're, yeah, nice. they're, they're like big boats. Yeah, yeah, they're
1: fun. This is the I think this is like the sixth or seventh that I've had. Um one of the, the first car I ever had was a, a 65 Ford. Um, and then I ended up with a 64, uh, four door and I drove, man, I, that thing, I drove everywhere. We, you know, throw, fill the trunk with tents and all that kind of crap. And my buddies and I, we'd go all over the place in that car. And then, uh, I don't know. It just the 64 has always been a car that I've liked. And when uh, when I had the opportunity to buy this from a real good friend of mine, um, I just had to had to jump on it.
0: So what do you got under hood of that car?
1: Well, it's a, it, from the factory it came with a, a two eighty nine. was a two eighty nine three speed tire ball thing, um, and uh, I up, when I got it, it, it was just a roller. It had no engine or trans in it or anything like that. So I started off with a three fifty one and a and a three speed. And that was very very slow. And then a really good friend of mine, Dave Miller, um, made made me a deal uh, that I couldn't resist. And the engine that I have now, it's a, a 390, uh, but it actually has a Survival Motorsports stroker kit in it, so it's a 445. <laughs> um, and then you know I got Edelbrock heads and intake and all that kind of you know stuff to try to. Try to lighten the load because the 390 is not a light engine either, so that doesn't help matters. But we'll see what she does this year. She's a she's a pig, that's for sure.
0: What kind of tires you run on that car? Uh, I just have some I have some drag radios that uh, you know you know Johnny buckets. He's got hauling ass. Yeah,
1: the uh, like the teal, I guess you'd call it the, uh, the teal Econoline. Yep. Uh, he hooked me up with a set of drag radios that he had, because I just had street tires, and needless to say, they didn't stand a chance. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm just running drag radios right now. Um, I haven't gone, like I said, I haven't gone any any crazier with it, because I drive it everywhere, and I couldn't, you know, I don't want to turn it into a you know, a slick, lonely car or anything like that, because, you know, then... I. You run the risk of, you know, there's a lot of guys that have super nice cars, you know, worth way more money than my car will ever be, a lot nicer than my car will ever be. But they sit in the garage and they don't do anything with them. Where I I drive mine everywhere. I mean, we go everywhere to it. You run to Menard, you run to the store, you run wherever. You know, I drive the thing. I drive the crap out of it. So I always got to you know, as much as I'd like to add performance stuff to it I also have to keep in mind that it still has to be streetable for my purposes
0: yeah so now if if you could have the fans that come on watch your race Tim remember one thing about you what would you want the one thing that they remember about you to be
1: um well just that we're just normal average Everyday Joes and, uh, you know, everybody in the club, they're all all good people. And if they want to get into drag racing, all they have to do is come and talk to any one of us. Um, If we don't know the answers to a question they have, we'll find someone that does know the answer. And, again, like, just, just, I want to, you know, everybody needs to know that everybody in the club is just real approachable and super
0: nice people. So if someone's uh, thinking about, you know, getting into drag racing, what kind of advice would you give them?
1: (laughs) Start saving your money. (laughs) 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 Yeah, plant one of those money trees or whatever, you know. Yeah, it's just, you know, starting off, you know, don't, I guess don't get discouraged. Um, You know, don't think that, um, you know, you're going to build a race car, Uh, that immediately is going to go, you know, 150 miles an hour down the track or is going to run eight seconds or whatever. Just be very realistic with your goals. Start out small, you know, get your car together, start working on it, Um, you know, take a couple passes with it, see how it does, get used to it. And then slowly over time, you know, kind of what I'm doing and uh, what we're doing with my son, who, like I said, he's totally hooked on drag racing. So we actually are building a car for him too. Um, just, just making improvements as you go. I mean, unless you have a big fat wallet, uh, just don't get discouraged. Just keep on, you know, keep on, you know, moving forward, and take every bit of advice that you can get from people who have been racing forever. Um, you know, because they can help they can you know help you make your car faster a lot of times without even spending money whether it's you know how you set up your carb or how you set up your timing or you know whatever a lot of just take the advice from the guys that have done it don't try to reinvent anything because there's a ton of people around that you know have been drag racing forever
0: now do you have any drag racers that were inspirational to you when you started drag racing that were what inspirational to you when you started drag racing.
1: Uh, well, you know what? Here's here's the thing. My, the, the, for me, the big inspiration when I was a you know when I was growing up and got into you know grade school and high school and stuff in the late '80s, early '90s. Um, uh, my big thing was I always you know there. Everybody at school they always had like the posters of you know the bikini chicks laying on the front of a you know, Lamborghini Countach or something like that. For me, it was always it was always the old stuff. It was always the 60s, drag, drag cars and that kind of stuff. Um, and that was, you know, it was the lightweight galaxies. Those were what I had hanging up on my walls everywhere. And that, you know, there wasn't any one uh, person in particular um, that pushed me into it or, or that I looked at it and said oh someday I'm going to do this it was more just like the totality of all the different kinds of cars that I liked and the different you know the different stuff um are or, or the different cars that you know I'd have on the wall and I'm like oh someday I'm going to build that someday I'm going to do that you know as far as cars I would say if I had to nail down an inspiration in general it would have been my dad. um You know, he was, like I said, he was big into cars, uh, grew grew up in a big family. You know, they didn't have much money. He had to scrap for everything he had. Now, luckily for him, he grew up in the 60s, which was awesome. So, you know, going to the junkyard and and finding a, you know, a Tri-Power 406 was still something that you could do and still afford. Um, But he, you know, he just had a lot of really cool stories about, you know, stuff that he would do. And, and it was a lot of street racing for him back then, like up on Connecticut Avenue in Milwaukee. And, uh, you know, just, he was my inspiration just in cars in general. Um, and then just, you know, all the different things that he did, like stuffing, he actually took a, a 406 and stuffed it in a, a little thick convertible falcon and, Made it one of the scariest cars he's ever driven, he said. So, you know, it was those kind of stories that always made me want to get, you know, do something, you know, not that crazy because I'm too big to fit in a little house. Anything, but he just kind of inspired me to get into cars in general. So, that would, I guess, be my inspiration. You know, it was a very long story to that quick answer. <laughs>
0: All right, so now as far as drag racing goes, do you have anything? on a bucket list that you would, you know, would love to try someday in drag racing?
1: Um, well, I, I gotta be honest, that would be, uh, someday if my son will let me drive his car. <laughs> so, we're, build, we're building, um, I told him that I would, um, I would find a car, and I'd, I'd build, or buy a car for him, so we found a, a 54 Fairlane, uh, out in South Carolina. Um, you know, Pretty much stripped out, nothing, nothing to it. There's, I mean, it was um, not in the greatest of shape, but sheet metal, as they say, good bone. Um, but like I said before, he's huge into the whole, you know, blower thing.
0: Right. So
1: he, uh, do you know uh, Daryl Nelson? He drives the Tigger, that uh, orange uh, comet. Says Tigger down the side and has Tigger on it. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, okay. So he he uh, he had a, a Dyer's blower on a, a a newer model Mustang, and we were at a car show last year at uh, at the uh, VFW down in Wheaton, and Daryl shows up, and my son's there, and he's like, "Hey, you know, go ahead, sit in the car," and you know, and my son's just totally oogling over his blower sticking through the hood. Well, we get a couple of you know months later, or a couple of weeks, whatever it was, and we go to the drag strip and Daryl shows up and it was one of our fall events. And he 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 says, hey, you know, um, I'm willing to work out a deal with you guys um, on this blower," And I'm like, yeah, there's no way we can afford that. Well, on top of him making it ridiculous, ridiculously affordable, he also took uh, payments. So David has been, um, I mean, he's even, he, he's done, you know, cutting grass for the neighbors who have like 14 acres. Um, he's cut grass, he has shoveled, he has plowed snow with the uh, little ATV, um, picked up sticks, he's done garbage out at the drag strip. I mean, that kid is scrapping for every cent he can, and he actually has the last $500 payment, Uh, For Daryl for next weekend, so he actually, as a 13 year old kid, owns a 671 Dyer's blower. Wow! So that is what I'm looking forward to is when we get his car done and put together with a blower on it, and seeing how much fun that car is going to be to drive.
0: I'm sure. I tried to get him. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sure he'll let you take a spin down the track in it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll
1: see. I keep trying to convince him to let me throw the, well, while we're waiting, uh, throw the ball on my car, but he won't have it. It is literally sitting in his room. He would not let me put it in the garage. It is sitting in his room uh, on a on a slick that John gave him.
0: <laughs> yeah, he said, that's mine.
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, he's totally, totally sold on racing. I mean, he is, He's uh come out here and he works. You know when I'm at work and he's off you know, from school or whatever, he'll come out here and work on the car. He is, he has totally chemically stripped the entire car. You know the body. He has he stripped the uh, under the hood. Um, basically everything down to bare metal and has primed it. And we've you know fixed rust and, and stuff like that. Showed him how to weld and. Um, the 351 that was in my car, we pulled that apart and put a better can in it and stuff like that. And he, he pretty much, um, I just sat around and he tore it all apart. I told him what to do, how to, you know, put everything in bags and label them to make sure you keep everything uh, together. Uh, and then he put it all back together. And the cool part is he used uh, some of the tools that my dad used to put his engines together you know back in the back in the 60s and it's just kind of a kind of a neat thing that we we're you know, able to pass down to him even though he, he didn't get the the opportunity to work on stuff with my dad he still you know i guess kind of channeled my dad through his, his tools or whatever
0: yep keep it in the family yep yeah that's that's pretty neat so now, what what was the first car you ever went down a drag strip in? Uh, I
1: think it was, I think it had to have been the Cougar. It's just the Cougar.
0: Now, how was your first time going down a drag strip experience? <laughs> totally freaked out. <laughs> Nerve wrecking? Because
1: <laughs> again, I don't want to, you know, you don't want to uh, admit things out loud, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, most of my racing was on the street. I mean, we, we did a lot of, you know, a lot of the guys that work, or not work, at school. Uh, a real good friend of mine, Eric Mays, she had a, a, a 73 um, Nova. And, yeah, we we caused lots of problems. Back in the day, we race all over the place. So, yeah, go, so going on an actual, you know, going on the actual drag strip, where you know there's people watching and you know you have to actually watch a light and stay in your lanes and all that kind of stuff it was yeah, it's a little nerve-wracking
0: so now when you go out racing with the Bruce city guests are you are you the only crew member for the car?
1: well yeah pretty much it, my son helps me like i said he i mean he was uh, he just got the valve covers and everything bolted on, and he swapped out the carburetor last year. So I'm trying to do everything I can to to teach him how to be self-sufficient on cars, kind of like what my dad did for me. You know, it just helped me save a lot of money not bringing your car to get it fit. Um, but with him, you know, it's it's starting with the same kind of stuff I did, you know, older stuff where you can actually get around and you know what everything does, and you know, it, it, it's funny because he started off playing, he bought a video game from GameStop that actually what you do is you find a junk, uh, car in a junkyard and then you rebuild the car. So it was kind of neat because a lot of the stuff that he was doing on this game kind of translated into real life where, you know, he knew what a head was, he knew what the valves were, he knew what, you know, pistons were and the connecting rods and all that kind of stuff. And then you know, actually coming out and physically taking an engine apart. He's like, "Oh man, I know what that is. I know what that is." (laughs) Kind of, kind of a neat neat setup. But yeah, he's done. He's he's pretty much uh, he's pretty much my pit crew. Luckily, I've had a car that's held together pretty well, um, so I haven't had to do a ton with it. But I hope that stays the same.
0: Alright, so now Tim, when you get out there in the staging lanes, do you have any pre race rituals or superstitions at all? Uh uh-uh, uh, not at all. The
1: only the only thing the only ritual I have is normally it's hot and as a fat guy I like having the windows down or the door open can keep airflow going, but no, other than that, not not really. I'm not a real superstitious person to begin with. You know, it's you just you know, you go out there, you you know, at the beginning of the day you pray that uh pray the good Lord that everybody makes it down the track safe and nobody gets hurt and you know, I guess that would be my pre race stuff is you know, not just for myself but just praying for everybody. Make sure everybody's okay.
0: No, does that does that galaxy take a lot of preparation to get ready for a weekend racing? <laughs>
1: yeah, it takes a ton. I have to drive all the way to Quick Trip, put in my Quick Trip car and fill the gas tank. like I said, that's the that's my main focus with the car is just making it more of a street car that I race on the weekends because you know that was you know one of the things that um, Ron Bruning he's got the, the contraption it's the little I think it was a '63 Falcon green. Um, he, uh, we were sitting in his trailer one time and he was like, man, this really sucks. It's costing me like 13 bucks. Every time I go down the track and back, I'm like, yeah, I know it sucks on the way here to, to the track. I stopped at quick trip and, and instead of 10 cents off a gallon, it was only five cents off a gallon. <laughs> 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 just, just give a hard time about that, but I've, I've actually, uh, I've thrown some race fuel in it, which is kind of fun because it definitely makes it smell a whole lot nicer. And you know, I—I I guess I feel like it's faster, but I really don't know if it is. <laughs> I don't know if my my stuff is high performance enough for that to really matter, but it makes you feel better, I guess.
0: No, you've you've never been on eighth mile track, right?
1: No, uh, uh-uh. nope. We'll we'll end up doing that. Uh, so with. To get David to race, um, he can get a license, like an NHRA uh, junior uh, street drag uh, race license, and that's 8th Mile. So what we'll have to do is once we get his car done, actually we might even do it with my car, I don't know, uh, we got to go down to Byron because that's where they actually do the testing for it, and that's all 8th Mile for, for that particular class. So that'll be the, the first time I do 8th mile. I will be with him.
0: So now in your 30 years of uh, racing, have you been in any accidents?
1: Um, no. not Well, no, no, not accidents. I, of course, have had, you know, had things go wrong. You know, you blow something up or break something or whatever. But, oh, nope, thank God I haven't had any anything bad happen. Hopefully it stays that way.
0: Yeah, knock on wood.
1: Yeah. And and it, you know, with my with my cars, I, I've never had anything that's super, super fast. You know, there's some cars that you know, if something goes haywire, you're screwed because you just you're going so fast, and so quick, you don't really have time to react. I don't really want to have a car that's fast enough to really put me in that predicament. So I think that's that's really helpful for me.
0: Now, Tim, do you have a most embarrassing moment on the track that you you can recall?
1: Yeah, most of the, for me, the most embarrassing moments are the fact that I just am terrible on the tree. Um like I said, you can ask the waffles. They they will tell you that uh they make fun of me even the even the guys up in the bo- in the booth um they they make fun of how I'm sleeping on the tree all the time. So <laughs> Last year, I figured I might as well go along with the teasing, and I ended up buying a 1964
0: Galaxy pillow. (laughs) (laughs) Good old uh, Mark Dietrich and uh, Red Baron up there. Yep, the Red Baron,
1: yep. He has always giving me a hard time.
0: (laughs) You got treed again. Yep, that's
1: the the usual. It's either Eric or Brandon are treeing me every time. (laughs) The only... The
0: only time I uh I beat them on the tree is when they red light. Yeah. All right, so now uh, Tim, I'm going to ask you a few more questions here then we'll be done. I'm going to go through some fun questions now. So, okay. so outside of drag racing, any other hobbies? Ah, oh, man, not I
1: mean, just working on cars really. Um, but I like the I like fishing. I mean, that going fishing is fun, hanging out with the family, you know anything like that we do uh try to do as much camping as we can so i guess those are kind of hobbies
0: so what do you like fishing for
1: uh mostly uh bass i I really i mean a lot of guys uh, for me you know going fishing is more for the fun than the eating um you know we used to go fishing all the time out at out in wilmot at the dam back when the dam was there and we used to catch, you know, bucketfuls of, of rock bass and, you know, and eat all, you know, fillet and eat them. Now it's more like, I'd rather get my, my fillets from Costco and cook them on the grill or out of, out of Lake Michigan or whatever. I just, I love bass fishing and I use all, basically all top water. Um, I just love the way that they smash the, smash the bait when it's cruising across the top of the lake. So to me, it's like you know, catch it, throw it back in, take a couple pictures, whatever,
0: and yeah, just enjoy the outdoors.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
0: Now, if you could, yeah, I
1: used to hunt, used you, to hunt quite a bit, but a lot of the farms in the, you know, in in Kenosha County that I used to hunt at, you know, just everything gets developed, and it's you know, just not places to go anymore. And you know, again, I get I get more, I get more enjoyment out of hanging out with the kids and goofing around and, you know, you get out in the woods and you just sit there all quiet. Not that I'm saying it's not fun and it's not worth it, but right now my kids are at a, at the perfect age to hang out and have a good time rather than sitting on, you know, in different trees out in the woods. All
0: right, so now what is your favorite food to eat? My favorite food? I would say everything. <laughs> um if I were to say my favorite like a uh,
1: restaurant type food or whatever, uh, I don't know if you've ever been there. There's a place out in East Troy called LDs. No. And it's a barbecue, a barbecue place. Um, and it's one of those things where they have the best barbecue I've ever had from like a restaurant setting. And, um, I will extend the same offer to you that I have extended to probably fifty or sixty people already that if you go there and you don't like the food, come and find me and I'll pay that meal. I'll pay for that meal. It is just phenomenal. All
0: right, so And no one's collect no one's collected on me yet, so Oh that's good. So what's your favorite beverage, Tim?
1: you know what, Dr. Pepper, (laughs) I I used to, I used to be a big fan of uh, Jack Daniels in my younger days, and uh, I don't know, man, the older I get, I just can't hang like I once did, and it's more, and it's more one of those things where, you know, yeah, I could, you know, I could kill a bottle of Jack at a party and have fun or whatever, but no, I, I think I'd rather just hang out with the kids. I have come more, it's weird. I used to be really, really like that. My, my wife used to call me a social butterfly, and I used to call her a hermit because she never wanted to go out and do anything, and I always did. And now I'm becoming more like my dad was. You know, you, he was a, you know kind of a homebody. You know, we'd go on vacation. We'd be planning for over a whole year to go up to Monaco where we'd rent this cabin up north, right on a lake across from one of his buddies. And we'd get up there, and after a couple of days, he'd be like, "Ah, you know, I really want to, kind of want to go home." It's like, dude, we just got here. But, but the older I get, the more I understand. Um, for him, anyway, just being home is being home with the with the family is is kind of where it's at right now. So my partying days are kind of over. So yeah, little diet Dr Pepper,
0: and I'm good to go. All right, so now, Tim, you have any final words or thank you thank yous we wanna do before we close yeah
1: the the biggest thing I can say is to anybody that you that you talk to, anybody you know that's even slightly interested in in drag racing or even people that are that have nothing going on on uh, next weekend drag them all out there because it is you know I, I don't know of anybody that's come to that event that is left saying they didn't have fun um, and again I, I just I, if I were to thank anybody I, I thank all the all the different guys in the in the club um, for just making it such an awesome club and being so inviting and, and you know being so personable and it's just you know they're, they're just great people.
0: Awesome. Well, so yeah,
1: come out. Make sure you come out and have a good time. Plenty of food, plenty of fun, um, and, and a lot of stuff that you're just not going to see anywhere else.
0: Awesome. Well, Tim, I want to thank you very much for uh, taking time to do the interview.
1: Sure. No, thanks for calling. I appreciate it.
0: And um, I know there's
1: other guys in the club like John and those guys in, uh, that probably have a lot more interesting and fun things to talk about, but I appreciate you getting a hold of me i really
0: do well they're they're all busy right now getting ready for it out of sight drags <laughs> oh, oh
1: yeah yeah i i took i wasn't able to take days off yet i i got uh by wednesday of next week i will be all there so whatever needs to be done by wednesday next week i'll be out there for that i just couldn't get anything off earlier so
0: yep
1: yep so come out everybody that